Natural gas has long been touted as the future of energy. But for Iraq and the Basra Gas Company, with bold ambitions to increase the amount of power it supplies to the people of Iraq and beyond, gas could really be the future of Iraq. You're listening to the Business Extra podcast coming from the National in Abu Dhabi. I'm Mustafa Al-Rawi, Assistant Editor-in-Chief. If you like this show, please do subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your audio content. Um, as I mentioned, uh, we're looking at Iraq, its energy mix, and in particular the Basra Gas Company, which has ambitions um, worth several billion dollars to expand its capacity to process and transport gas, uh, which goes largely to the domestic market in Iraq, the people there, um, LPG, to power their lives, uh, but also for export as well. So we spoke to Malcolm Mays, the managing director of the Basra Gas Company, about their plans as well as uh, a recent agreement with the IFC for a loan to help them realize their ambitions. Malcolm, uh, thanks for being with us today. Uh, Basra Gas Company, it's a fascinating story w- with regards to Iraq's uh, power capacity, um, its natural resources, um, it, and it's a company that, that would be classed as, as midstream in, in the energy chain, because you're taking gas produced at, at the three huge fields in the south of Iraq and then processing it and passing it on to the, the customers for end use. So, you know, maybe you can give us a little bit of a flavor of, of where Basra Gas Company is at the moment. Uh, thank you, Mustafa. Yeah, so the, the Basra Gas Company uh, is set up to uh, capture the gas that comes out of the three upstream fields, so uh, Zubair, Ramayla, and West Kurna. Um, the, the contracts that the government has with the upstream operators are really for just liquids, uh, and gas is a byproduct of, of their operations. So where we fit in is, is BGC has uh, a license to capture that gas um, and uh, process it, and supply dry gas into the natural gas grid, which goes to power consumption for for Basra and beyond. Um, we also managed to recover uh, LPG, uh, you know, barbecue bottle fuel, uh, which also gets sold in Iraq. We, we supply about 80% of, of that market in Iraq, plus we export. And we also recover some some light condensates, so it's a it's a gasoline type mixture that that we recover and then we export as well. So our operations um, reduce the environmental footprint of the upstream. Uh, they help protect the environment, and we serve a useful purpose um, in terms of generating electricity for for the people of Iraq. So I'll pick up Malcolm on that that point about the. Um the environment. So, for, for those that may, may not realise that the uh, the gas is a byproduct of the of the, the production of oil um, in southern Iraq, and up to to when the Basra Gas Company was formed, sort of eight eight years ago or so, th- that gas was just burnt off, what they call flaring, um, and th- that was essentially not only a waste of of a important resource, but was was bad for the for the atmosphere, bad for the environment. So you're obviously supplying power to the local market, much needed uh, power in, the ter- in terms of LPG and natural gas, but also you're giving an option for not flaring, essentially, for reducing that Im- impact on the environment. 
Yes, yeah, so, so it's correct. So BGC um, is a is a joint venture that was created uh, or came into operation in 2013, and our our, our license, our market space is is to capture that that uh, waste gas from from the upstream operators, as you said. Um, and their alternative is to either vent it, so uh, um, methane and ethane, etc., would would be vented into the atmosphere, or it would be poorly burnt in various kinds of, of flares. Um, and so, by us capturing that gas, we're able to extract the, you know the components that are useful for the community, and in particular, in the, the largest sort of volume that we we recover is natural gas. Uh, which is about uh, 80% of the total volume that uh, that comes out of the upstream. And that gets directed to power stations in Iraq. They're not owned or operated by BGC, but uh, but we supply them with natural gas. And they burn it in, you know, the most efficient way that it, that they can. And that that uh, that is far more environmentally sensitive than just sort of flaring or venting uh, where the production happens in the upstream. Um, and the three the three partners that are are in BGC are the South Gas Company, which is uh, an Iraq government company, uh, Shell, and then Mitsubishi. And the benefits of having Shell and Mitsubishi is they bring um, sort of the latest technology for gas processing, gas capture um, into Iraq. Um, and so we we try to do what we do as, as effectively as we can with as, as little environmental impact. So, so recently, the Iraqi government announced billions of dollars worth of, of planned investments in in the energy sector. Three three billion of that's going to go towards uh, expanding the capacity of the Basra the gas company. I mean, what what's the plan uh, looking down the line for for what what you hope will uh, will occur? Yeah. So, in in sort of rough numbers, um, we we capture today about nine hundred million standard cubic feet of gas a day. And uh, over the next five years, we're taking that gas capture to around about 1,400 million standard cubic feet a day. So that's a 40, 45% uh, increase in gas capture and gas processing over over the five-year period. To do that, we as BGC will be spending 3 uh, billion US dollars, and that's the announcement that you, you referred to. Um, so that is our approved business plan, $3 billion, and that money goes into constructing some more uh, gas processing plants. Um, uh, they refer to as BNGL Train 1 and Train 2. They're north of, of Basra, very large sort of manufacturing processing facilities. And it also goes into additional gas capture. Um, so we build smaller plants next to the upstream facilities and we we capture the gas that they produce essentially we 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 suck the gas from from their system um and and so the three billion is a combination of the large processing plants that we're investing in and also the the more localized gas capture stations um and we also are negotiating with uh, the government of iraq to have access to you know additional gas which is outside of our current license area, um, and that would see us invest, you know, up to another billion dollars, um, sort of towards the end of our plan, and, and probably one year after the, the end of our five-year plan. So, we have a very large sort of portfolio of of investments going forward. And 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 to simply put it, the the increase in your operations, the increase in your capacity, 
would result in um, less flaring, more, and then more gas going to uh, the local domestic market, and then potentially for export, um, helping to relieve some of the power shortages the Iraqis are, are experiencing, but also giving them the chance to earn more um, in terms of export revenues. Absolutely correct. Um, so our, our investments to date um, have uh, have got us to around about 900 million standard cubic feet a day, uh, and we've captured about 110 million tons of, of CO2 or CO2 equivalent so far since 2013. So we've invested heavily, we've had good results, and we intend to keep investing um, at much the same rate over the next five or six years, and uh, we will increase our capacity by 40, 45%. Um, we also will increase our rate of CO2 capture. Um, so that rate will increase at about, uh, from memory, nine, an additional 9 million tonnes of CO2 per year above what we're already capturing. Um, today, we capture, as BGC, about 65% of all of the gas that uh, is generated by the upstream. And over the next five years, we will take that to uh, close to 90% of the gas that is available to be captured. So uh, it's a heavy period for us over the next five years, a lot of investment, a lot of complexity, but uh, we're up for the challenge as, a, as an Iraqi company and we will get it done. It's exciting times, but, but you know, I, I kind of look at the, what's been happening since, in particular, since sort of the tail end of 2019, early 2020. Um, and it's not been the easiest of trading environments in Iraq in general. Um, you, you various regional tensions spilling over into the country between Iran and the U.S. But then, more more recently, there's been unrest. Um, you know, the protest movements, and in particular in southern Iraq around Basra, you've you've had you know quite a bit of unrest. You've you've had activists targeted. There's been you know a real a real spillover of of of, of tension and dissatisfaction. A lot of it related to sort of basic um, you know quality of life, which which includes sort of access to power. Um, you know how how does that sort of wider tapestry affect um, your your ability to I, I guess tell the tell your story, uh, which is a really positive one, but also when it when it comes to talking to to investors outside investors. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll break your, your question down in, into two parts. Um, one is about how does BGC manage in an environment with you know the ups and downs of oil prices ups and downs of gas prices and and the financial constraints of Iraq. And the other is the stability or otherwise of, you know, southern Iraq and the people who live there. Um, so BGC uh, has, has a high exposure or had a high exposure to its largest customer. So commercially, our exposure is to the Iraqi government or all of its various departments. And they, they are the largest purchaser of our products. And when, when the oil price or the gas price goes down, as it did in 2019, 2020 due to COVID, the government's capacity to pay us goes down because they have reasonably fixed costs and they're getting less revenue. And if they do manage to pay us, they pay a lot less because the oil prices uh, or gas prices are lower. And so we've run into to that to that issue, um, and and so during this period where we have quite a heavy investment, you know, you talked about the three billion dollars of investment that we have. Um, we have 
worked closely with the uh, International Finance Corporation, the IFC, and their consortium of private banks. And through that that work, we have managed to secure a a large uh, loan um, uh, for the next five years, which allows us to ride through any potential ups and downs in oil prices or ups and downs in the Iraqi government's ability to pay our bills. So we can continue the investments and we can continue to get more and more access to export markets for our LPG and for our condensate. And in turn, those markets, those international markets, uh, provide us with access to hard currency uh, exchange on sale of, of our products. So that's how we're managing the sort of the commercial risk that you raised. Um, in terms of the community stability or otherwise, uh, I mean, I'm sitting here today just north of Basra. Um, uh, we we are an Iraqi company. We are based in Basra. Um, the vast, vast majority of our employee base of 5,000 people actually live in, in Basra. They have family in Basra. And, and so, to be honest with you, when you're here, um, it doesn't feel like the community is unstable. It, it doesn't feel like there's any great threat to BGC. Um, we're, we're an integral part of the community. Uh, it, this, this community in Basra is very welcoming. Um, uh, and, and so, I, I, just, I guess I can't agree with with the way you painted the picture about what stability is is like in in southern Iraq, albeit there are um, aspirations from the community to have access to more power, to have access to more services, you know, whether they be medical or education. And in reality, this is a community that is is recovering its its pride and itself from you know decades of of, of war and. And international sanctions, but the community is is moving forward, and uh, our role in that is to is to create employment, obviously, and to create energy and and uh, gas for the production of electricity. All of which enables the society to get back to to where it it used to be as as a as a pillar of development in the region. Can you put a figure on that uh, IFC loan amount? Absolutely. So we we have secured a, a loan of uh, 360 US million dollars through the IFC and uh, eight um, international banks as a consortium. Um, so that's a sizable amount of money and will help the stability of our uh, financial investments. To pick up the point of you know the reasons behind that loan that you mentioned, um, clearly the the the, the IFC and, and the banks uh, that it's involved with wouldn't. Um, put put that money down if if they didn't believe in the in in the outlook for Basra Gas Company and and energy in general and, and the wider picture could be I mean you know the oil price is is in the seventies it's been fairly stable recently um, and it's connected to gas prices as you pointed out and there's a lot of outlook saying that you know gas the oil prices could hit eighty dollars or more um, plus you've got um, sort of the, the the wider stability that the OPEC plus alliance is bringing bringing to global markets at the moment so i can imagine that the things you know despite our discussion about you know whether there's the local instability or not and how that affects things clearly the wider energy picture is a little bit better now than it was perhaps a year ago under covid uh i, I would agree um i think at one point there in the last year and a half oil sort of hit zero or negative in some parts of the world 
it certainly is much better for our industry when oil prices are uh, above $50 a, a barrel. Uh, gas is, 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 pr- is priced off oil. Um, however, I've been in this, this industry for, for decades and uh, prices go up and prices go down. Um, I would like to be able to think that, that you know, myself or others could forecast it, but I think every time we've tried, we're wrong. Um, the world does what it does. And so our, our focus is on manage, or thinking through how to manage what could inevitably come, which is why we, we worked very hard with the IFC to put in place the loan. Uh, and we have some other sort of instruments, some commercial instruments, which we also enacted to, to help our stability. Um, I, I hope that the oil price, I mean, as, a, as a, the managing director of BGC, I hope that the oil and gas price remains buoyant through the period. As a consumer of, of, uh, of gasoline, I mean, obviously, I would like it to go lower. Um, uh, but I think a, a healthy oil price above 50 is good for the stability of our business. It allows us to invest. And in turn, it allows us to help the, the, uh, the Basra community and the general Iraq community get more gas for electricity and, and the community to develop where it went back to the point where it, it used to be. I mean, there are a lot, larger discussion at the moment is, is of energy transition and what that looks like. Um, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about sort of the environmental impact, but, you know, natural gas, gas uh, products are seen as a really important part of, of any future energy mix. Um, people are talking about solar or, or, or wind or, or, or nuclear, but it, it feels like um, for some time now we've been talking about, you know, gas being the, the, the energy source of the future. Um, and and is, is that the way you guys see it um, and from your position? So I think globally, uh, the, the world is, is going through a very public transition away from um, hydrocarbon fuels or you know, coal, oil, burning wood, et cetera, and, and moving in the direction of renewables. Um, but the, the amounts of the scale, the sheer scale of the investment that that will take is, is mind-boggling. Um, at, at a global level, and that same sort of picture can can migrate down into any individual country, including into Iraq. And these changes, whilst I think we would like them to happen overnight, that they're, they're really changes that will happen, I think, over decades. Uh, and in the meantime, for the people of Basra, the people of Iraq, I mean, they I don't think it's fair and reasonable for 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 them to sit around and, and just wait until those investments have reached the point where you know they can have electricity at night. So BGC recovering gas and directing it into the power stations, um, I think is, is a transition step for decades for the country. And I, I, I know for a fact that there are companies that are looking to invest in Iraq um, to build uh, solar plants. Um, some of them were waiting to see how our uh, debt deal with the IFC would progress, and they have expressed now enthusiasm that they will be able to get lines of credit to invest in Iraq. So I think I think what we BG, BGC is doing is the right thing, that we're capturing the gas from the upstream so it's not being wasted. We're directing it for... A, use, a useful purpose in the community. The, the Basra and Iraq population is, is, is developing with the electricity that comes from that gas. 
Um, the money that is flowing from the industry or the, the broader industry in Iraq can then be used to, to bring in more renewables. And over time, a transition will occur and the society will develop um, in, in the way that they want, they want to develop. But it's not something that we wake up tomorrow morning and it's done. It's something that you know, progressively year after year, decade after decade, a, a direction will occur, not only in Iraq, but I think in, in most countries around the world. Um, Malcolm, forgive, forgive me if this is, uh, you know, overly simplistic um, analysis of things, but it, it, it feels like that there, there's almost two, um, two strands here. There's, there's what's going on in Iraq and Basra from the point of view of energy, from the, the vantage point that you have being on the ground and seeing how things work day to day. And then there's a lot of noise outside um, uh, that looks at Iraq through, through a certain prism, um, which, you know, partly is the legacy of the last couple of decades. And and people are tending to focus that you know Iraq's energy future is somehow linked to you know what happens between Iran and the U.S. when they negotiate a deal. But it, to me, it sounds like actually there are there are facts on the ground that you know will will, will continue regardless of what people might think in Washington or elsewhere as as to, as to what is significant. And and when when you're talking to to whether it's the IFC or or investors, or your customers, the government of Iraq, does it does it feel like you you just get on with your job and that's what you need to do, and 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 you know exactly what the outcome is to kind of meet the requirements of of the people of Iraq? Absolutely. So the the people of of Basra are very hospitable, um, well educated, uh, and they have the same development desires that that other people from other countries have. Um, they they want their children to go to the best school. They they want access to computers and TV and the internet um, and all of the things that that you know people who live in developed countries would want. Um, the hard fact of life when you're in Basra when you're working for BGC is there really is gas that is available today, and there are people that want power today and they they want to improve their lives. Um, in in this part of Iraq, uh, I don't see or feel uh, on a day-to-day basis uh, any of the geopolitics that you talked about. There are simply real human beings who have needs, and we can capture gas, process it, and meet those needs today. Um, and over time, it's most likely that we would also move to support some of the transition of the energy transition agenda uh, over time. Uh, that that's the reality that that we face every day. It's it's not for us a geopolitical game. Malcolm Mays, uh, managing director of Basra Gas Company. Thanks so much for being with us. Not a problem. Thank you very much for your time. That's it for today. All that remains to thank our production team, Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan, and you all for listening. Please do join us again next time.